Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. not Blake Rafino. That is not my face. But ha ha ha. <laughs> we are live. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports. We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Huge show in store for you tonight as we got some great guests hitting the AYS hotlines as Brian Driscoll Coach D178 on Twitter. Go follow him there. Covered Brian Kelly, covered Notre Dame. Want to get into some more intricate, intricate details about Brian Kelly. LSU just got done with their first recruiting class. What did Brian Kelly bring from Notre Dame down to the boot? What did he do in recruiting and structuring in the plan? Is it a little off base than what he did at Notre Dame? Is it a lot like he did at Notre Dame? Can't... Did he let LSU utilize the best parts of the state and LSU while bringing in his own formula? We will talk about we will talk about that with Brian Driscoll in about 22 minutes from right now. Really looking forward to having Brian on again. Our good friend John Hendricks, John J. Hendricks, going to be talking all things Saints. Dennis Allen, named as the head coach, as you already know. But what are the pieces? going around uh, 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 the New Orleans Saints. Who is Dennis Allen putting around him? Hashtag Rafino's Rants. We will start the show off with me teeing off on a couple of things. And I hope that this solidifies um, that we don't show any bias to anyone. To anyone. Um, or anything. Zach Mettenberger, former LSU quarterbacks, taking – a analyst role with the Alabama Crimson Tide. A lot of fans upset. Relax. But that's not necessarily what we're talking about. Just thought about, was just thinking and forgot about our good friend Zach Mettenberger, who's going to be an analyst with the Alabama Crimson Tide. And like we do on every Tuesdays and Thursdays, hashtag Ask Blake. So we do have a lot 
to get into tonight. It's going to be very, very, very fun. Very, very, very fun. So, <laughs> Pooh Bear says, you who in this thing. If you missed the Twitter space last night, you would get it. But nevertheless, never, nevertheless, uh, it was very good. A lot of fun comes up from those Twitter spaces. A lot of people uh, yell at one another, too. It's very interesting. Uh, Ed says on YouTube, mash that like button. Yes, there is currently over 100 of you inside the YouTube chat right now, inside the Rudy Crew YouTube AYS chat. All of you hit the like button right now. Do us a favor and do that. We would greatly appreciate it. Todd says it on Facebook, if we're being honest, Coach Kelly was probably the smartest person in that room today. If you missed it, that's what we'll be talking about in the Rafinos rants a little bit. Um, yeah. Uh, Brian Kelly gets out of his very expensive vehicle, and as soon as he gets out of his very expensive vehicle and his very expensive uh, 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 suit, um, he is then po- – and then something's posted on him about social media from the SEC Coaches Convention – um, that he was at today. A lot of stuff was going on around Brian Harson, which made the media who would nor- not normally be there, there today, and they caught Brian Kelly getting out of his vehicle. We will definitely touch on that. Definitely. It's what we're coming out of firing out of the gate. Completely. Uh, David Pelk says, who's Blake Rafino? Yeah, if you missed it, I posted it earlier. Um some fan asked me uh, why a couple of weeks ago if I knew who Blake Rafino was. <laughs> yeah, I know who Blake Rafino is. I sure do. I've been knowing him for almost 32 years now. Great guy. Handsome, charming, successful. Doesn't have a lot of money. Just ask my wife. She takes all of it. Just joking. Love you, baby. Anyway. Anyway. Pooh Barrel says, rolling on the floor. Rob Boudreaux, great minds think alike. Yeah, those Twitter spaces were uh, were very, was very um, alive and well last night. Very alive and well last night. You guys need to join it. Follow us on Twitter, too. Follow us on Twitter, AYS Sports. Uh, PCG says, we need a Ben sighting. Uh, it's been a rough week. We will have a Ben sighting on Saturday, guys. We're going to start transitioning him outside of the weekly shows and let him just come in on Saturdays just because we you know, we try to keep it somewhat professional during the week, but regardless. But he, it's, he's always welcome. Not telling him not to come in here. He's always welcome. Just, you know, he'll be coming in on Saturdays. That's for sure. All right, let's do this. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to some Facebook groups. There's a lot of you in there currently live already, over close to, to 200 of you live on Facebook right now. Every one of you, please do us a favor. Hit that like button. Share to your social media uh, pages. Share to some Facebook groups. We would greatly appreciate it. I know how many shares we get. And and I got to say, a lot of you do share, and I greatly appreciate it. But we wanted to get all of you inside of Facebook right now to hit that like and share button if you're on YouTube and you haven't subscribed already, do us a favor by hitting the like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell. We're putting so much content out on YouTube. We'll continue 
to put that content out on YouTube as we continue to transition, moving into the new studio and things like that, as that is underway. So, And we'll be making an announcement about that uh, uh, shortly. So, if you're listening to us on the audio podcast platform, do us a favor, subscribe to us, hit that rate button, give us a good rating. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. All right, let's pay some bills around this thing, and then we'll get started. None, none better than our good friends over at GM Vardo & Sons, betonline.ag. Guys, with over 64 years of experience, nobody's better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM, Varno & Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor on chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales, no job is too big or too small over at GM. Give them a call today at 225-664-9992. That's 225-664-9992. Or tell them, and tell them your good friend, Mr. Blake Rafino over at AYS, sent you on by. And our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. Guys, the Super Bowl is this weekend. No way, no how the state of Louisiana is betting against Joey Shiesty, Joey Burr, Joey Heisman, Joey Burrow. But the place that you have to go place all those bets is BetOnline.ag. If you've not signed up, use the Believe, the Believe AYS podcast tab. That way that they know that your good friends over at AYS sent you on by. Deposit, get 50% off that first welcome bonus. Deposit 100, you'll get 50. It's the best deal inside the state of Louisiana. That's betonline.ag. Betonline.ag. Let's get this thing rolling, y'all. Let's get this thing rolling, y'all. Uh, Bryce says, is YooHoo as a sponsor? Well, if anybody works for YooHoo, um, we would greatly appreciate it. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. So if y'all do know, uh, <laughs> if y'all do know somebody over at YouHoo, we'd love to make them a sponsor. Ryan Williams from the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com, 985-386-7600. That's 985-386-7600, drakewilliamslawfirm.com is the insurance company giving you the runaround. Get, call them today, guys. Get a free consultation. Titles, successions, real estate, they do it all, especially in the titles in the real estate. Give them a call today. Again, it's 985-386-7600. But Ryan Williams says in the YouTube chat, he says, Wives love to spend money. Amazon's biggest supporter. There's nothing been truer than that statement. Absolutely nothing. Had a, two packages when I got home today. Two packages at the front door. Who, Mike Jones? Anyway, anyway. Uh, Jerry Zimmerman says, Will Wade has ex- exceptional athletes next year. Can and should we expect exceptional results? Well, you should expect that. We've talked about that, Jerry, for, for a while now. With great recruiting classes comes great expectations. I don't really want to hear a lot about what's going on at the PMAC. If you're able to get them in here, when you have them on campus, you better be able to do exceptional things. Skip Bartman said what likes to uh, would like to say hello when you say that there's problems around the PMAC. Hi. And then five national titles later, he's laughing at everybody. Don't tell me about – once you get them on campus, don't complain to me. Uh, 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 about, oh, we don't have this. We don't have that. Oh, goodness gracious. Good googly moogly. I, I don't want to hear it. So seriously, do not want to hear it. Uh, also, fire in your questions. Hashtag Ask Blake. Uh, we'll get 
to as many of them uh, as we can. All right, I got to talk about this because it's something that we've been mentioning and talking about for a while. And it, at least for me, and I could be wrong here, but at least for me, I felt like either, number one, I was being misconstrued in what I was saying, or number two, maybe my words weren't hitting home with all LSU fans. Now, if you've noticed, Brian Kelly, from a national perspective, and even now somewhat, from a local perspective, has been taking some heat. Now, we've talked about this for a while. He's not doing a press conference with the local media. He, he, he dan- he's dancing with, uh, with recruits. He's, he's hitting the gritty. Everything and every turn around Brian Kelly is negative. You know, Brian Kelly went inside the state of Texas, regardless or not if Harold Perkins was a native of the state of Louisiana and pulled not just a five-star, but a top five recruit in the entire country and we still found a way from a not really not really all the way as a fan base, but from a national and local media and, and just a perception around LSU, decided to have a negative construct behind that. And when I say and what I'm about to say, I'm not telling you to be a homer, because I think that all of you know when it's time to call out things that aren't going right, it's completely fine. Absolutely do it. Will Wade loses six of seven? Yes. Ask him what's going on and why he's not making adjustments. Ed Orsron goes five and five after a national title season, then goes on Colin Cowherd today and says, hey, even though I said at LSU I don't want to coach anymore, I lied. If something is going on, yes, call it out. But what's funny to me is this, and if you missed it today, Brian Kelly got out of his vehicle at the SEC Coaches Convention or Coaches Conference that all 14 SEC coaches attended. Now, if you didn't see it, you'd have to go on YouTube and you could find all of it and you could ramage through all of it. It's all there. It's all there. So, for that reason alone, we don't really have to get into it, but Nick Kelly on YouTube, underscore, at underscore Nick Kelly, posted the video of Brian Kelly getting out of his car and walking into the SEC buildings in Birmingham. And this is what Brian, and this is what Nick Kelly said on his Twitter. Brian Kelly did not dance on his way into the SEC coaches meetings today in Birmingham. So you have an Alabama guy that covers the University of Alabama and Auburn for AL.com, who's getting on your coach about a video that went viral so that he could start rebuilding what Orgeron and Panamski tore down. Believe what you want. And I'm not even going to put it on Panamski. Keep Panamski out of it. Ed Orgeron brought it down. Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Austin Thomas was a part of that too. So let's not – Ed Orgeron's the head coach. He needs to des- He deserves that blame. So let's not get that twisted. But what I mean by not being a homer is this. At what point of, as a fan base and a media that all we want to do is protect the brand and talk about the brand and do this for the brand for LSU and do that for the brand for LSU. But the only thing that I freaking see 
is that everybody around you and all four other 13 teams in your conference have something to say about your head coach. Newsflash, they said about Orgeron, and they said it about Les. They talked about Nick. They talk about you. They think that everybody that lives inside this state that looks like an L talks and acts and lives like the water boy. But God freaking forbid, God damn forbid, he doesn't do a media, a media coverage for the local media. Oh, well, Blake, it's National Signing Day. Who gives a damn? Every single person that's in the media talks about not being a homer. Newsflash, my guy. Newsflash. You are. You chose a profession to go in to cover the team that you wanted, that you've loved since you were a child. And God forbid all the negativity that's surrounding us. Title IX, Sharon Lewis, Orgeron with women. Whatever it is, Will Wade FBI investigation. Missing out on Lincoln Riley to some perception from some people. Brian Kelly comes in here and nothing happens. And you wonder why people and coaches and recruits don't want to come here to some extent. You want to talk about brand? At some point, you've got to defend the brand. Did that get through to you this time? Do I have to come out here and yell to get through to you? Because when you get down on your head coach who hasn't been here for seven weeks or just has been here for seven weeks, hasn't done anything wrong, <laughs> done more right things than wrong things, signed the first five-star quarterback in the state of Louisiana and how long? Kept him together. Oh, and by the way, that five-star quarterback was teetering on going and, and playing for Brian Kelly, by the way, when he was at Notre Dame. At some point, you got to defend the brand. Sometimes you have to defend what's on that chest. When somebody from Alabama wants to start ripping on your coach, go after that ass. This whole, uh, well, I can't say anything. Says whom? Says whom? But how, how many times... How many times do I have to run out here and say the man hasn't done anything wrong and everything around him from a media perspective and a social media perspective? Guys, Twitter is not a real place. It's not a real place. There's people that make fake burner accounts to rip on somebody that they would never say something to to his face. This guy, Nick Kelly from AL.com, he would never say that. Never say that to Brian Kelly's face. And make fun of him to his face. It's all right, though. It's okay. So you want to know why I flip out and freak out and start yelling and cursing and all that kind of stuff? It's because everywhere we turn around, the brand that we love, the school that we love, the team that we cheer for, the money that we spend... We go to work just for a Saturday or a Tuesday basketball game or a night game at Alex Bots to support that brand. 
And I don't want to hear from anybody in this in this media market that says that they're not a homer and that, oh, I'm just objective. Bull BS. From the top ceiling, screaming it from the rafters, BS. When are we going to start acting like LSU? When are we going to start acting like we have a swagger around us? From a foot, at least from a football perspective, from a baseball perspective. Are you watching right now in about nine minutes what Kim Mulkey and team is about to do to the Georgia Bulldogs? They might have a fight on their hands. That's fine. Say what we want in critiquing about Will Wade. He's having success. Veterina, softball. Having success. But why do you have all this negativity that continuously swirls around us? When do you start swinging the big stick? Because you do have a big stick. Pause. I'm, I'm, I'm sick and tired of it, man. And I feel like you are too. So don't come to me whining and complaining about Blake, this guy said that. Blake, that guy said that. this and that and all that kind of stuff. You defend it too. I mean, for the for good God's sake, man. We can't do anything right. You know, the analogy that I was going to use to this, and we're going to get to some LSU stuff before Brian Driscoll gets in here. The analogy that I wanted to use, have you ever been in a really bad relationship? Like a, a just a toxic, toxic relationship. And in that toxic relationship, you just felt and you knew that you couldn't do anything right. And the, the harder that you tried, the worse it got. Now, Brian Kelly can't worry about that from a, from a media or fan perspective. He can't. But when you were in that relationship, you got exhausted you probably got to a point that you didn't want to do it anymore. And when you continuously beat down coaches, now I'll take a beating for a lot for $100 million. Let's not get that twisted. But at some point, man, let's get behind him. And look, if he needs criticism or criticisms do, fine. But right now, he hasn't done anything to come close to warrant what he's receiving. Not even close. All right. Let's get to a couple of these comments. Brian Driscoll going to be joining us. Um, okay, Brian Driscoll says he's running a little bit late. He'll be joining us uh, at 7.30. All right, so we got a little time. He's going to have to cut back to 7.30. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Chris English says, yes, preach it, bro. Uh, Tyson says, preach it, Blake. Uh, Dion says, facts. Uh, Darren says, FAL.com. Well, it's not always coming from AL.com. Robert says, preach, bro. Uh, Raul says, yelling is the only thing that gets through to some people. Well, tell me about it. Because you can't have a calm conversation. Man, you can't have what's what's so nuts to me is that I have to get out here and yell and scream and bitch and moan. I gotta stop with the cursing because kids watch the show. But I mean, it's the only thing that gets through. 
Uh, Dale says, ranting facts from the top rope. I, I mean, guys, put inside right now. Uh, and I'll answer your questions. Hashtag ask Blake if you've got any questions. But I know people say, like, Sam, ignore the trolls. It's not trolls, buddy. Trolls is somebody from a fake account. And, yeah, maybe you can have a troll here or there. But but they're legitimately reporting on and making fun of from a media media market. Do you want to know why podcasts and other platforms become so big? It's because they don't trust the sporting media. Let's take the world out of it. They don't trust them. Some people do. Some people do, and, that, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. If someone's reliable, b- b- focus on the person, on the reliability of the person, not so much as a complete brand, right? But um, do it as a complete brand. All right, do it as a person, not the complete brand. But man, I, I mean, it, it 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 just gets to a point for me, and, and I know I, I understand the Brian Kelly dancing video. I understand. Some of the things that he's he, that's happened with him when he was at Notre Dame, I, I get all that because there's nothing at LSU that he's done really. Dancing video, fine, whatever. What's funny about that is, did you see what Harold Perkins said? Other external factors about the Harold Perkins recruitment, sure, fine, whatever. But man, him not doing a press conference so that he can have a junior day on campus. So he can get recruiting going at LSU that was starting to slip by the wayside there at the end. Guys, I'm sorry. I'm fine with it. All right, one more. A couple more, and then we're going to get to uh, our good friend Brian Driscoll uh, in just a minute. Uh, Jamie says, hashtag ask Blake, does LSU not have a PR department? Not really, no. Um, but they, they do, but no, not really. Uh, Rick says, the noise directed at Coach Kelly is because they fear him. Uh, getting this thing rolling, y'all, uh, which he'll do. We'll see, man. I mean, look, he was introduced into the SEC today. I mean, it was his first big SEC event. Uh, and we'll talk to Brian Driscoll about, like, what how Brian Kelly built his team. I mean, we saw it a little bit, but how does he sit historically go about it? Uh, he's here with us. So, let's do this. Let's get to a very good, uh, quick break. Fire in all your comments um, and questions, and we'll get to them. But Let's just do this. Let's get to a very good quick break, and then we'll get back to it. None better than a good friend, Carol Falls, over at State Farm and Nord VPN. Guys, I've been telling you about my good friend, Carol Falls, over at State Farm. But, man, he's been so reliable for everybody around AYS and to everybody inside the Rudy Crew chat. Everybody call Carol Falls today, 985-395-4300. That's 985-395-4300. Auto, home, life insurances, he does it all. Guys, when you call him and he can't give you a better rate, the worst thing that he's going to do is tell you, hey, man, I can't beat it. So give him a call today. Again, that's Carol Falls, 985-395-4300. Tell him your good friend, Blake Rafino sent you on by our good friends over at NordVPN. Guys, I got to tell you, you know the internet issues and the security issues that we have had at the AYS studio since Hurricane Ida. Switching over to NordVPN has given me a peace of mind. Get on over there today and use the Believe code to get 70% off your first purchase. That's NordVPN.com. Use the Believe code, B-L-E-A-V, to get 70% off. That way, when you're inside the state of Louisiana, that they will know your good friend Blake Rafino 
since you all got by. Again, it's NordVPN.com. All right, we have our good friend Brian Driscoll joining us. Brian, I, I really appreciate you joining us, man. I, I was gl- I was really happy when you joined us the last time, but a lot of things have been going on. A lot of things have changed. What's been going on with you, my friend? You know, uh, probably dealing with something that you're dealing with, and that is trying to shovel and snow out my backyard and off my deck <laughs> and make a pathway for my dogs to be able to go out and go to the bathroom and those kind of things. So uh, that's pretty much what we're dealing with and just – Trying to wait for this dead period of time between signing day and spring ball. And, you know, and I think right now Notre Dame is just kind of waiting by and seeing who Marcus Freeman is going to hire as his defensive coordinator. That's really the last, the last move he's got to make. And once that's done, we'll have a, a much better idea of what this 2022 team is going to look like. Right. I want to get to you about Notre Dame and the transition from Brian Kelly leaving and, and what Marcus Freeman was able, has been able to accomplish there so far. But, Brian, the, the first thing, and look, you've covered Brian Kelly and BK for for a long time. You've been around Notre Dame, and, and look, LSU was struggling in recruiting. They were in the forties. Brian Kelly comes in, and they're able to transition. He gets a lot of offensive and defensive linemen in. Uh, the question I have for you, and the fans really have it, is that something that Brian Kelly has been known for is recruiting well in the offensive line. Just how well, though, did he do at Notre Dame recruiting those position groups when he was in South Bend? Well, I think the thing for Brian Kelly is. I would say with one exception, he hired really good offensive line coaches and, and he understood the need to have really good offensive line coaches. I mean, if you think about it, it you know, his first hire in their name was Ed Warner. Ed Warner's a good, solid offensive line coach, especially in the Midwest, did a nice job. I mean, got Matt Hegarty, uh, you know, got uh, Nick Martin, who turned out to be an NFL player, was a big part of Notre Dame getting Ronnie Stanley before Harry Heastan takes over. Harry Heastan takes Notre Dame and turns him into a juggernaut when it comes to offensive line. We were we were talking about last night, m- myself and the recruiting director, Quentin Nelson is going to get a humongous contract this offseason. Right. When that happens, the odds are Notre Dame is going to have three of the eight highest paid offensive linemen in the NFL will be Harry Heastan guys, right? You hire the right people, then you're going to have success. And that's something that Brian Kelly, for the most part, has done at important positions at Notre Dame. With the exception of Brian Van Gorder, he made great defensive coordinator hires. With the exception of, you know, Jeff Quinn is debatable whether that was a great hire, but he made some really strong offensive line hires. And I think those are the things he he did well is he made he made good hires for the part at the positions that mattered, which are D coordinator, D line, and an offensive line coach. Brian Kelly has been known to not necessarily be as hands-on in recruiting maybe at Notre Dame. Uh, he does transition to LSU and gets a little bit more hands-on in the recruiting process, uh, especially to close a guy like a Harold Perkins uh, there late. Is that something that maybe has transitioned from a narrative maybe that he did at Notre Dame and, and transitioned over to LSU? Or was, all, or was he kind of always in have his hands in on recruiting? No, that was the new thing. I mean, the the one of the biggest complaints that I had with Brian Kelly for years was not being engaged enough in recruiting. I mean, there would be times where he'd have assistants begging a coach, we need you to call this guy, and he would just have other things going on. And I think that's kind of what makes the Notre Dame job a little bit unique. I mean, Notre Dame is it's a national brand, and, and not so much from a football standpoint. I'm not talking about football here. I'm talking about alums where you have to go do speaking engagements you know one week you're flying out to california to speak in front of a bunch of you know millionaires and billionaires the next week you're going to new york because that's part of the job in their name is keeping the do- the donors happy right well mm-hmm. maybe in louisiana they're, they're, they're perhaps and again i don't know this i'm assuming so correct me if i'm wrong it's no, no Ill, Ill intent and des- designed here but 
would imagine they're somewhat a little bit more regionalized where the, the money people are. They're, I doubt that they're spread out as perhaps Notre Dame's are, I would imagine. No, you're, uh, you're spot, you're spot on with the that. Best job. Yeah, and he didn't always do the best job of balancing all the things that came with recruiting. I thought the Coach Kelly had this, well, Notre Dame will sell itself type of mentality for too long. And it really wasn't until last January when he hired Marcus Freeman that he started to get more involved, which I think helped with recruiting. And that's why Notre Dame had their, you know, is part of the reason on top of making hires uh, is part of the reason Notre Dame just finished with their best recruiting class in several years. And so I, you know, I've, I've been told from my, from some of my sources that early on at LSU, Brian Kelly had a similar mentality that he had at Notre Dame, which is it'll sell itself. It's LSU. It'll sell itself. Well, then he realized there's a lot of people trying to come into the state and take our players. I got to get to work. And I hope that that's for, for LSU's sake that coach Kelly understands that, Hey, I don't care how good of a recruiting staff you hire to be successful at a championship level. You as the head coach have to be more involved in the day-to-day aspects of recruiting. And if he can do that, I think he'll have success because Brian Kelly's a salesman. I mean, that, that was part of my frustration is when he gets involved, he's impactful. You know, he's a salesman. And, and I mean that in a complimentary fashion. I mean, right. you're selling your program, you're selling yourself, you're selling your vision. So that's not a, a, a attempt at a shot. He has to be more involved in that if he's going to be successful. And, and if he did that down the stretch, that's good. But the key is going to have to be maintaining that over a long period of time. And that was at times an issue for him at Notre Dame. I know you've seen the dancing videos, Brian. I mean, I'm not naive enough to think that's a fault with that. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> the, the only, the, and look, they're funny and I get it right. Like I, I, I understand it. I'm not defending that. It's not funny. Do you feel like that there is some criticism though, that it's gone a little too far with it? Or do you think it's, um, it, it maybe it's it's okay because I think from an LSU fan perspective, and look, they're flying inside the comments, that, you know, as I say it. But do you do you feel like there has been a maybe a little rough criticism behind it? And do you think that Brian Kelly has faced m- more more negativity right now, in the last seven weeks, and maybe he did sometimes at Notre Dame, maybe just off the field? No, no. Trust me, Brian Kelly's used <laughs> to dealing with criticism for everything that he does. I mean, right. There's memes that go back to the 2011 season where he got really mad at a player against South Florida. Now, the context of that was Notre Dame's preseason top 15. They're playing a South Florida team that's not very good. Lou Holtz's kid is on the other sideline, Skip Holtz, right? Mm. They had like this three-hour delay at halftime because of lightning. It was just a train wreck of a day. Brian Kelly, being an Irishman, got real fired up at a player, and he's screaming at him. His face turns kind of purple, right? And, I mean, he never lived that down. Never lived that down, you know? Mm. And, and you know, you had a, a young man that passed away that some people right. still hold against him. It was a very unfortunate situation, and people will still blame him for it and everything. I mean, there's been plenty of things that have happened at Notre Dame. Uh, the academic scandal that got them, you know, right. put on a little, you know, probation, had to vacate wins he still gets hammered for that. Now they forget the context of a couple players got involved in something. As soon as Notre Dame found out, they punished people, dealt with it, and then self-reported and got in trouble for it. You know, so, so you did what you're supposed to do, right? When you find out people are acting stupidly, you deal with it. And and that's what he did, but he still gets hammered for it, right? So he's used to that. I mean, the, the reality is, is that's not something that that's going to bother Brian Kelly. He's always been, I think sometimes to a fault, 
uh, doesn't care what people think and people say. And and I wish sometimes he, with some things, he maybe would care a little bit, but that's just how Brian Kelly's wired it. That, if, if he thinks dancing is going to help him get recruits, do he it. doesn't care what people think right, about it. He's going to do it. Hey, by and the no way, he, he, right, he got a top five one. And, and look, people from Louisiana and from that perspective, and I'm glad that you said that, just because of the Orgeron voice thing, it feels a little bit like, oh, here we go again. You know, we can't get around. You know, you made fun of the last guy. Why are you making fun of this guy? But I'm glad that you said that and, and put it into uh, a little bit of uh, perspective. Brian Jerskos is joining us. Brian, I do want to talk about the transition, though, uh, very quickly. Since Brian Kelly's been out and Marcus Freeman, look, LSU fans know a lot about Marcus Freeman because of him and the D.C. thing and then, you know, the, possibly him following Brian Kelly. However, as we all know, he stays at Notre Dame as the head coach. Uh, Brian, he's been doing some good things in recruiting. Uh, but how has that been tr- transition gone so far uh, for Marcus? Well, it's been smooth because there's no games to play, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's the thing is you're not, there's what what do we have to truly evaluate him on right, right now? You know, it's, it's recruiting. And that's something Marcus Freeman's always going to do a great job with. I mean, he is a – he's charismatic and he's very genuine. Uh, you know, he's, he's young. He relates to kids, but not in a phony way in a, in a, in a really sort of big brother slash fatherly way. He's hired a good staff that understands the need to go out and recruit. So, you know, so far I, I love what he's done. I mean, you lose a running backs coach to, a, to be an offensive coordinator, your tight ends right. coach goes and gets a job as an offensive coordinator, which is great for the program, but maybe not good for you as a coach. And he replaces them with, you know, one of the best running back coaches in the business and Dylan McCullough and, right. and a guy in Jared Parker that, that, you know, has a, a great reputation as a recruiter as well. You lose Jeff or you get rid of Jeff Quinn and replace him with, with Harry Heastan, who many people feel is one of the two or three best offensive line coaches in the game, if not the best offensive line coach in the game. And, you know, so, so far so good, but at the end of the day, all that stuff is, is fun for the off season, but you're going to be evaluated on, on what your record is and can you win football games and can you win the games that matter? And that was the thing that was always kind of was the black eye on Brian Kelly to me is won a ton of games, tremendous consistency, but at LSU, he's going to have, look, he can go 10 and two every year, but if every year he's losing to Texas A&M and Alabama, you know, you know how it's going to be, right? Arkansas Arkansas, A&M and Alabama, you know, some, if you're losing two out of three of those every year, you know how that's going to go. Right. Mm -hmm. And and so that's going to be the key for Brian Kelly. It's going to be the key for Marcus Freeman. And, you know, you talk about it, it's an interesting situation because Marcus Freeman's stepping into a situation that is unique. You don't often see coaches walk away from a team that's, you know, a, a Al- Georgia beating Alabama in the SEC title game away from making a college football playoff. No, right. 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 So you're inheriting a good situation. Your task now is take it the next step. And we'll find out if he can do that or not. Brian, uh, two more. I lied. So, and you know how. And as you know long as you got goes. time, man, you know me. I can talk all <laughs> night, buddy. I, I know, but you you know how it gets. You get good conversations going. I I know it's a very tough situation with Marcus Freeman and and the bowl game, right? And it was there. Is there anything built off of that in reference to uh, uh, not necessarily a negativity, but it, Brian, it really looked like they got innovative offensively. It looks like Tommy Rees was let loose. Um, is there a little bit of an excitement about maybe a younger staff and more innovative staff uh, being there under Marcus Freeman, or is it more of just kind of the wait and see? I would say wait till we hear the D coordinators to fully <laughs> get that. But, right. but I do think there's excitement about it. I do think there's this notion 
you know, we'll, we'll find out if it's true or not that, you know, Brian Kelly had a way he wanted to run the offense and Tommy Reese had a way he wanted to run the offense in the second half of the year, Brian Kelly sort of allowed Tommy Reese to do it that way. And we saw more and more success. It wasn't just the bowl game. You know, Notre Dame scored four per game in the last six games. Right. And, you know, it, but at the end of the day though, the offense put up great numbers and 500 yards passing and all that. But when you needed to make plays in the second half, you couldn't make them. Right. And so that's, as I said, look, we can talk about 500 passing yards and five TDs and innovative offense and all that kind of stuff. And Notre Dame, nobody cares. They don't care if you complete five passes or 50 passes. They care about <laughs> one stat, the W. Right. Right. And at the end of the day, they couldn't get it done. And I think that was a great opportunity for Marcus Freeman to say, look, here's things we did in the preparation allowed us to get off to a great start. Here's things we didn't do in preparation and in game adjustments and our operation of how we go about our business that kept us from being able to make the changes necessary to win the game. Because at the end of the day, at Notre Dame, that's all anybody cares about. You could sign the number one, two, or three recruiting class every year. But if USC's, you know, beating you, if Michigan's beating you, if you're not winning championships, nobody's going to care. Because at Notre Dame, as it is at LSU, it's at the end of the day, it's about the W's. It's about championships, you know, and and that's what Marcus Freeman's going to be judged on. And that's what every Notre Dame coach should be judged on. Right, and look at Kirby. I mean, Kirby was getting the number one recruiting classes, and and look what he was dealing with before he won it. Right. Uh, Last one, and because, Brian, I forgot to ask you this last time. I almost forgot to ask you this this time, but I'm glad that my good bud – I'm hearing Bill King in my head. Blake Fink, you know. Uh, Brian Kelly's legacy. So there's not really a – we know his legacy or what we perceive of his, as his legacy from the outside. But a guy that's been there, Notre Dame guy, what is his true legacy at Notre Dame? And what is he leaving behind? Because that never hasn't really been yeah. answered, at least not from us or what we've heard. What does right. he leave at Notre Dame from a legacy standpoint? I mean, he left Notre Dame in a position where we're disappointed with an 11-2 season. I mean, that that's, that's – I mean – we're disappointed that they didn't play well enough in the postseason and in, in playoff games. You know, Brian Kelly walked into a situation where, you know, before he came here, Charlie Weiss was 15 and 21 in the three years before he got here. Right. Right. And it took some time to get him going. You know, you had the 2012 season and then a little bit ups and downs, but eventually he got the program to where not only was Notre Dame ex- successful on the field, but, but guys, look, if I could, ex- if I could explain to you what this program looked like when he got here, no indoor facility, right? It was an indoor. They were using the same indoor facility Lou Holtz was using when he got <laughs> hired in 1986, right? The the grass field just was a, a train wreck by the time there. The stadium was was getting old and and there was no scoreboard. There was just so many things that you look at and say, this program is just not in the 21st century, right? And now you look at it, they have they have a, a top of the line, one of the best indoor facilities in the business. They got a great new turf field. The stadium is phenomenal, yes. right? I mean, it just the changes they've made have been tremendous. Uh, you look at the, the they've got other plans for different things. They they spent about a about a billion dollars the last eight years in upgrading different aspects of the football program, and and uh, you know, and he's made a, Notre Dame a destination place for a, for a lot of coaches and recruits and things like that. I mean, look. I'm not saying this to be flippant, but 10 years ago, there's no way Notre Dame can beat LSU for Marcus Freeman. It's just, it's not possible, Mm -hmm. right? Where now, if you're Marcus Freeman and you're thinking, I want to compete for a championship, okay, well, there's two schools that are both, one's won it, one's knocking on the door. So that allows other factors like family and those type of things to convince you to stay at Notre Dame, where five, eight, 10 years ago, it's... he would be foolish to turn down LSU to go to Notre Dame. And that's going to be Brian Kelly's legacy is, you know, you win 10 games in a row, five straight years. And I'm pissed myself personally that they weren't 
better than 11 and two or 10 and two last year or 11 and two the year before that. And when that's what people are upset about, it's done a pretty good job. Right. right. And, and that's the legacy is Notre Dame was an embarrassment of a program when he took over and he's leaving it as a legitimate top 10 consistently program. And I mean, no one can take that away from him, no matter how much we may not like how he exited or some of the things that I didn't like when he was here, you can't argue with the results. And, and the results were he turned Notre Dame into a legitimate top program. And, and look, you know, Brian, what's funny about that is I asked that question for, to so many people, and I think that you just gave the, the honest answer. You know, like, oh, this, and the pro-style offense, that, and defense here. And I'm like, I just want to know the legacy. You know, like, right. those are two separate questions. I don't want to know on the field. I want to know legacy. And thank right. you so much uh, uh, for answering that. And look, the, the Rudy Crew chat loves you, brother. I mean, they're, they're, they're going – I am I don't know about that. No, I'm a rock fan, so we call it the Rudy Crew chat. Okay. Dude, they're really giving you uh, some praise. But nevertheless, our good friend Brian Driscoll over at – publisher at the Irish Breakdown. Go follow him on Twitter, CoachD178. Brian, thank you so much, man, for coming on and giving us more bit of a breakdown on Brian Kelly. Tell everybody what you're doing and where they can follow you and all the stuff that you got going on. Obviously, recruiting's hot and heavy right now. You can find us at irishbreakdown.com. Uh, our podcast, also at Irish Breakdown, the, uh, our YouTube channel, you can find it. We talk mostly about Notre Dame, but we like to talk about a lot of other things. So uh, we welcome people from all over. We have Ohio State fans, Alabama fans, USC fans, Oklahoma fans will come in our chat and uh, and have fun. You'll be welcome, and we love talking ball. So uh, we have a Friday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern every Friday. We have a, a, a we call it sort of our Friday free-for-all where we allow people to come on our channel and ask us questions. And if you join our channel you want to ask us questions about Brian Kelly, we'll answer them. If you want to ask our questions about anything else, we'll answer them. So uh, we, we got a lot going on. It's a lot of fun. All I'm doing is staying away from the personal stuff of Brian Harson, Mr. Driscoll. That's a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not touching that I'm one. Not touching I'm not it. touching that one. <laughs> I hear you. Hey, thank you so much, my friend. We'll, we'll talk yeah. again soon. And you have a good night. Stay out the snow, my friend. I, yeah, you know what? I uh, I finally was able to get our, our driveway shoveled, so I'm going to just kind of <laughs> hang out in the nice, warm, uh, you know, bought heat here in my in my home. So, absolutely. Do it, man. Do it. We'll see you, buddy. You have a good night. Take care. All right, that's a good friend, Brian Driscoll, over from the Irish Breakdown. We're going to do this. We're going to go right to our good friend, John Hendricks, right now. We're not going to get to the break. We're just going to – we're going to power through it. John, you ready to go, my friend? All right, we're going to get in our good friend, John Hendricks. There he is, the man himself, the man that Dennis Allen said was the prophet of Saints beat reporting. What's up, my brother? <laughs> now I know you're lying. So. <laughs> well, I do got to ask happening, man? I do got to ask you this off the gate. I saw that you were a part, and a lot of the media members were a part of Sean Payton uh, going out and having some fun. But, but I, I mean, what was that like? I mean – what was the night like? And, and I mean, what was Sean Payton? I mean, hell, that whole that had to be one of the greatest nights uh, of all time. I think so. Yeah, just to see unfiltered Sean, and it's kind of like um, if you ever seen the Comedy Central roasts, that was kind of like somewhat the moment. But then you had Sean telling some of these stories, and it's just like, holy crap! It just paints it in a different light, and so you know, amazing restaurant. And of course he, you know, he was gracious enough to foot the bill, have a little uh, entertainment as far as the, the, the bar scene goes and stuff. And, you know, it was a uh, interesting setting because some people um, made, made themselves look 
kind of interesting and others were kind of low key and stuff. So I'll just leave it at that. But man, Sean was great. <laughs> you know, I was, it was just good to see him and just kind of talk through some things, hear some things and just see that side of him. Cause you know, all we see is the media is really, it's, it's Sean Payton. It's I'm plugged in. He's been plugged in for 22 plus years or, you know, 20 plus years as a coach. So really cool scene. And um, you know, he stayed for a long time. I mean, we're there probably, Ali, almost five hours plus. Oh, you know? wow. So, I mean, it was a long affair. It was really cool to see him send it off. And I will just tell you, anybody that has hope that he's coming back, he ain't coming back to New Orleans. That's the only – that's the send-off he did. There's no way he comes back to New Orleans. So Interesting. Did he um, – what was the funniest story that he had that you can share? I know there's probably some you can't share, but is there <laughs> is there something that you can share that Sean – because, look, John, when you tell stories like that, and you you do it in a send off. You're telling these stories to for a lot of different reasons. But was there something funny that he said that that you just will always remember? I think it's two of them. And okay. I'll say this one: the fact that he talked about his mood after the Super Bowl. And so, if you ever pull up his Super Bowl picture and, and just see him, he's wearing like this wrinkled blue shirt. Right, right, right. If you ever go back, and look. <laughs> so he's telling the story behind it about how basically. He didn't get any sleep. He was going to, you know, he'd asked about if we skip out on this particular press conference or whatever, it was like a hundred grand fine and stuff. And so somehow he pulled himself together, but he was talking about doing that type of stuff and just kind of the scene from there, just how hard it was. And, you know, we took for granted that, man, this man is just falling asleep with a trophy. I'm pretty sure he was still drunk <laughs> from the way it sounded. So that kind of exhaustion, but you know, I think that was one. And then the other one was when they went to London, he was talking about um, Jeremy Shockey and he was talking about that, you know, Jeremy was kind of feeling a little bit, you know, not as much energy as Jeremy Shockey would have. And at the time, obviously Drew was Drew Brees was high into Avocare and stuff. And so he gave uh-huh. him some of his drinks and he drank three of them. So Shockey drank three of those. And so he says, they ran a uh, like a, a tight end screen, right? And one of the first things, and Shockey comes to the sideline and says, man, don't call that stuff ever again. You know, just kind of that thing. And he just kind of took everybody on the sideline by surprise. And Sean said he went to Drew. He said, don't ever do that again. And <laughs> the nicest version, I can explain that story. But it was really hilarious. And I think those are two that I think Sean told. It was just like, man, that's just hilarious. I'll, I'll forget. I'll never forget those for the rest of my life. Well, you know, it's interesting to send off and, and, and what Sean meant to this state, even though he still has me blocked on Twitter, even though uh, my, <laughs> uh, my camp and his camp have, have tried to mend fences. Hopefully, we're unblocked and, and, and we're working on that. But it's it's very interesting. So, But there's a new era, a new age. Dennis Allen is here. You called it last time that you just couldn't see that there was a, a, a scenario that Dennis Allen wouldn't be the head coach. But one thing we did talk about, John, that I was really nervous about is the Saints not allowing him to bring in some of his own people. Well, they are. And Blaine Smith asked this question, hashtag ask John, who will the Saints offensive coordinator be? Let's start there on the offensive side of the ball first. What are you hearing? What are you thinking? You know, the, the one thing, and maybe you could shed some light on this, a lot of people saying, well, Eric Bieniemy was here for eight hours, his contract's up. I, I, I mean, John, you know that meme, it's kind of like, you know what's going on yeah. there, but 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 what are you what are you hearing? What do you think the Saints do offensively? Well, this is what I would tell you that Eric Bieniemy. I mean, he's obviously been passed over for head coaching job for plenty of years, right? And so, if he wants to make a lateral move and revamp one of the league's worst offenses last year, 
I don't know what more you could do if you can come in and do that. I think New Orleans is an attractive destination. The biggest thing is, are you going to make a lateral move just to take more money? I mean, that's a possibility. You know, I think obviously you see some of the interest that, you know, look, Allen's going to be able to pick his staff, right? And Mm -hmm. he's mainly doing all that attention on the offensive side of the ball. I think somebody like Joe Brady could make sense, right? I'm just saying that that's just a direction that they could choose to go. I think you look at some of the other – it's going to be a candidate that – I, if everything I've heard, I don't think it's going to be a set the world on fire candidate. Like you're not going to look at this guy really and say like, well, that's a guy I thought about. And, you know, case in point, they're interviewing one of the Cowboys guys today. And so, um, you know, again, there's going to be some interest there. And, and again, I think the biggest thing is this offense needs a fresh perspective, right? And I they, agree with that. You see, that's why they're moving around going back to Doug Marone as an offensive coordinator or, or offensive line coach. John Morton's name has been tossed around out there as a potential offensive coordinator. That's, yet to be determined. So I know a lot of people have seen that that's not even happened yet. So again, that's one of those that they have paired to Dennis Allen, but that's not a thing that's happened just yet. So they're obviously going to have a new wide receivers coach, you know, because Curtis Johnson is going to be out. Uh, Joel Thomas is going to still be around. Pete Carmichael is going to be around. They're just going to have different roles. The only thing really other definitive move that we know is Zach Streif is going to be an assistant to Doug Marone. So I think that's a good one because Streif, man, he's as smart as they come. And, and you know, I was, I was joke, laughing because at the Senior Bowl, Ed Ogeron actually popped up at the Senior Bowl last week. You would just tell me about there it. incognito. It's like, Ed, what are you doing here? You got like $17 million to stay at home and do absolutely <laughs> nothing. But, you know, he, he was at, making his rounds and he was talking to the Saints coaches there and talking to Streif for a good bit. And, you know, it's just kind of everybody, like I said it, and people were like, oh, oh Edo's coming. He's going to do this. And I'm like, no, slow down. I, that man doesn't have to do anything, right? So um, I say all to say they got to find the right talent there and the who they get as the offensive coordinator is going to be really important because I think it goes hand in hand with the most important thing they have to address, which is the quarterback situation. My next question is, does, does the offensive coordinator help Dennis Allen on, on, on where they go there? I mean, look today, I, just because we're so deep into college, we're hearing some things about Matt Corral and, and the interest level there. And look, let, let's let that be. And we'll, we'll talk about the draft at a later time, but do, how much will Dennis – I don't know how to ask this, John, other than just coming out with it. it. It seemed like Sean had the stranglehold on the offense and the defense could kind of do what they wanted to, and Dennis Allen could do what they wanted to. I mean, it feels like a complete flip now. Um, do you think that the autonomy of having an offense and maybe even choosing a guy that you want at quarterback and that could work with, is that just not a big selling point? And do you think that they keep Jameis around uh, and let him talk about an offense coordinator he might want? Yeah, I'd be surprised. This is what I would tell you. Everything that I've learned and understand, you're not going to have them draft the quarterback. And the reason why is this. They believe they have a roster that is there that can compete, right? And the thing is, the division's there for the taking. Tom Brady's out. You don't know what's happening with the Falcons. You don't know what's happening with the Panthers. Shoot, Tampa might blow this thing up, right? And so the thing is, when it pushed comes to shove, they want to find a quarterback that has the experience then and – preferable deep experience, right? Leading the team deep in the playoffs. And I think they're going to be aggressive there, right? And so nobody that's on the roster, I'd tell you, is, is going to be that answer, right? It's not Taysom Hill. He's having to deal with a Liz Frank injury. It's not Ian Book, obviously, for, for obvious reasons. And Blake Bortles is the only other quarterback. He's a reserve future guy. <laughs> Maybe this year's Trevor Simeon. But, you know, the only other option, Winston, is, is technically, I'd say, an external because he is a free agent. But 
you know, from my understanding, I don't believe that's going to be a reunion. I, I like Jameis. I really did. But I think they want to find a step up from Jameis, if you will, somebody that can, has been proven. And then really, you know, somebody's going to work well with Mike Thomas. Not that Jameis couldn't, right? But, you know, that's not going to be the stop end all be all is just bringing a good quarterback to work with just Michael Thomas. You've got to get a wide receiver two, wide receiver three. You've got to get some people there to challenge Callaway and Deontay Hardy. And look, I'm all for whatever that looks like. That's, you know, signing free agents, couple of them, and then drafting somebody. I think that's definitely the way you should go just because it's got to be that type of attention to detail because the offense was just piss poor last week. I mean, for lack of better for our last year for better phrase. And, um, so again, you got to get this right. And they're talking about this most be, being most important. So if they want to dangle the carrot and, you know, you just look across the NFC is really weak when it comes to quarterbacks. Very. You look at the AFC, you got Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, you've got Mac Jones that's rising. Joe, you've got Joe Lamar Burrow. Jackson, you, Joe Burrow. I mean, Josh Allen. I mean, you could keep going. Right. I mean, you might even throw guys like Tannehill and Derek Carr. But you look at the NFC, it looks like. He just says, what is going on? And so there's a huge opportunity there for a good quarterback. And again, if they could pull off a trade, I'm not saying they will, but you know, look, if you ask me, are you going to trade this year's first rounder or next round or first next year's first rounder for a premier talent? I do that in a heartbeat because look at the last two, Peyton right. Turner, Cesar Ruiz. They're not that good. They haven't been that good at, at drafting a first rounder. So I'm okay with getting those away and they can fit these guys under the cap. Quarterback-wise, you swing for the fences. I don't know if you can get Russ away from Seattle just because Sean's not there anymore and Pete Carroll's staying, so I don't think that's realistic. Rodgers is the one that I would keep an eye on, potentially, um, but maybe they have to settle for a different quarterback. I, I'm not a huge Jimmy Garoppolo fan. Derek Carr, you know, my biggest thing is if if things are if you're getting praised over in Vegas, why are you leaving in the first place, right? And so right. that's my other question there. But, you know, look, I would expect them to be active. Maybe it's a Deshaun Watson if they can flip him, you know, uh, the Texans. I don't know, with Lovey Smith coming in, that's that's interesting one too. So I, I would tell you that quarterback's most important there, obviously. Finding a good offensive coordinator will go a long way, and that's what they're going to have first before they say, here's the, the quarterback we're trying to target or go after. And, John, I, I do want to get to defense, maybe even in a, a, another episode, because, I, I mean, look, you're not going to change a lot with Dennis Allen and just focusing so much on the offense because it was so bad in, in the transition. Uh, I do, I, a lot of people are asked, wanting me to ask you about Kamara, and I, I'm going to get to that in just a minute. I didn't want to start off with, hey, it's Alvin, what's going You know, anyway, um, John, do you is there a, is there a scenario, though, that, they let a guy like Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson dictate what they want offensively. Like, could could that be the selling point? I mean, look, I'm not. Drew didn't do that, but Sean let him run a lot of the same things. You listen to what they talked about in 2006. That Drew ran a lot of the things that he wanted to do, but Sean just called it. Um, do you think that there's a scenario though, maybe not a Rodgers but a Russ, that they could sell that to? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I really do. You know, again, you want to be a partnership, right, between your OC and and the quarterback, right? But it's not always that because I think as a quarterback, you know what you're seeing and stuff. And I think it's got to be a collective, like, hive mind, if you will. But I think that could be a selling point is, look, hey, we'll give you power over some of these calls. You know, obviously, check out of this, check out of this, and you know, all these different things. But, you know, I think that could be something that they look at. Um you know, whether it remains to be seen, is that a, a super selling point? Because 
I think Rogers does a lot of that, you know, Already. by himself, but <laughs> not always, right? Because <laughs> right. there's times where you look at him, he's like, I, that's not the play I wanted or anything like that. So I think that could help, you know, in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, uh, whoever they get at offensive coordinator, again, you look at it, I like the fact that it's going to be a, a fresh perspective. It's going to be brand new. So you get a quarterback that's a veteran that's going to know what he likes and these types of tendencies. I think it works well for both parties involved. Since we're talking offense, we obviously got to talk about AK. Um, look, John, I, I've made it known, and I don't want you to say this, but there's a lot of questions that are surrounding it, even from the police report, and everybody knows my past and what I do from the legal perspective, and there's a lot of questions from that report. John, Roger Goodell came out and said that he knew about the Alvin Kamara situation and still let him play in the Pro Bowl, which is so wild to me. Uh, and... and Nothing happens to Roger Goodell for allowing him to play in that without doing anything. I, I mean, John, are we look? What's the scenario and situation that we're looking at here? Because you, I, I mean, I, I don't really know what to make of any of this. But what are you hearing, and, and and maybe just even opinion? What do you think's going on around this? Yeah, look, I mean, the hearing's not until March eighth, right? So mm -hmm. the thing is. It's not a good look either way because, I mean, the thing is, you're a high-profile athlete. You shouldn't be in this situation in the first place, right? I agree. And, again, I, I think the the tendency is you hear something bad, you assume the worst, and you rush to judgment. I think both parties, both sides, there's obviously something in the middle where, where the truth is, right? And so mm -hmm. we haven't seen the video. Now there's conflicting stories about the video. This – and, again – I'm not saying they'll sweep this under the rug in a best case scenario. And I'm no legal advisor or anything like that. Right. But if they can settle this, if this guy drops the charges and then they settle outside for whatever that is, that might be the ideal route. But, you know, again, you got to surround yourself with better people. You can't be in a situation like this because you saw what happened to Henry Ruggs. One bad decision, his career is over, right. you know, and this I mean, he didn't kill anybody, thank God. But, you know, at the same time, a battery charge in Las Vegas, that's not a, a like a little little thing that you deal with. So that's right. I'm trying to one of the things that I'm reserved judgment because I want to see all the facts. And, of course, you knew the, the law group that came in. You know, he said what he said uh, on record, according to the police. So maybe you should have waited around for an attorney before you kind of said some of that type of stuff, too. Um, but at the same time, I think we know AK and just being around him and knowing he's not that type of guy. That's the aggressor. I would say that, you know, and, um, and again, not saying that he's innocent or anything and I'm not saying he's guilty, but at the same time, you know, we want to see what happens on the video. If we ever get the leak of that, I'm sure TMZ will probably push it out at some oh, point. Oh, they're right? they're, so, they're going to find it, John. <laughs> <laughs> they're foaming at the mouth to try to get it. Absolutely. Right? And so, if they could get people protesting at Area 51 to release the aliens, they can they can get an Alvin Kamara. <laughs> they can get an Alvin Kamara yeah. video, that's for sure. But, but, but look, you know, and then oh, the go ahead, is go I'll ahead. go back to DA's. I was going to say, going back to DA's press conference, I mean – he could have not answered or talked anything, but I think he's in the same thing. We're in the fact finding stage. We're trying to figure out what's going on. Everybody's aware of it. We just got to see how this plays out. And again, a long time between now and March 8th, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, Hey, is this going to be a situation where he gets suspended? We don't know. I mean, it's kind of a weird look for the NFL to say, Hey, we knew about this incident, but we're going to let you play in the pro bowl. That's a bad look. I mean, not that you can take this guy out of the roster because it raises questions, but again, 
I mean, you look at some of the things, I think there was a picture floating around one of his knuckles. I mean, one of his knuckles was kind of a little swollen. And again, I'm not trying to jump to conclusions. So maybe there is some consistency there for some of this. I don't know. Maybe it was one of his buddies. We got to wait and see what happens. But there is big concern, and the Saints could be looking for another running back. They were already going to need another one. Correct. Because, Correct. you know, behind Mark Ingram, it's, it's Alvin Kamara. Tony Jones Jr. was really just not as, as good as we thought he would be heading into this season. So, and then Dwayne Washington's a free agent. So you got to get some talent there and uh, you know, it'll be a, a sore spot, but look what happened to Marshawn Latimer last year. Everything blew out of proportion facing a felony for the gun charge that just went away. Right. He didn't face league discipline. I'm not saying something shady wasn't done or anything like that, but at the same time, just, just see how this thing plays out and then we'll figure out where it go from there. And it does give you some confidence too, that they did that the saints didn't cut him. And that the league let him play. I mean, the league had to know something. And 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 look, Roger Goodell. If they, he's privileged to information and things that we're not privileged to. I, I would assume that he's already seen the video, regardless of what his later statements will be. I, I just saw the video today, John. That's a lie. I mean, let, let's call it what it is. And, and look, you don't have to say this, but I will. Even not even talking to his assistant, who uh, threw the first punch and the shove with her back turned. Right, like that. That's a whole nother question in and of itself. A, a woman standing behind and a man behind her with her back turned, and then she throws a punch. That's not, you know. There's a lot of questions that need to go on there. But nevertheless, uh, one last question. Uh, John Hendricks is our guest. You can find him over at Sports Illustrated. He's going to tell you where you can catch all of his stuff. John, I got a lot. I'm not going to lie. You probably already know this, but every time you tweet something, I'm like retweet, retweet. The, the people need to know. So if I'm doing it, guys, y'all y'all need to do it as well. Um, Dennis Allen had the press conference. We hadn't talked about it much right now. Um, is there something that stood out in his press conference to you that was like, oh, okay, well, I learned from being with the Raiders. Is there something that stood out to you when you were talking to him? Yeah, I think there's a lot of things. I mean, he handled himself extremely well. And, you know, I think a couple things. He knows he's living in Sean Payton's shadow, and he said he's okay with that. And, again, he's just trying to be the best version of himself. And so, you know, I'll say that – I saw Amy Trask talk about it on CBS Sports Radio, talking about all these different things about, you know, the troubles in the past with the Raiders. Here's what I would tell you about this. Dennis Allen left the Saints after 2010. He goes to be the Broncos coordinator for a year, and then gets promoted to be a head coach at the Raiders. Right. And he's 39 years old, right? And so I, it's kind of weird because if you're a DC for one year and then the Broncos weren't setting the world on fire, right? And so even in that year – if you don't, if you're the same person you were 10 years ago, then I, I question what, what you do in life, because I'm not the same person I was when I was 27 that I am <laughs> at 37. So he's learned a lot. And, you know, I think what he said, he's got the good talking points. He spoke very well-spoken, you know, talking about the city and wanting to mirror it. And he's one of those coaches where again, hold yourself accountable. He's going to make sure that, you know, and he even praised the players. Right. And so I think it's his professionalism. You see what he what he brings to the table. And I think one of the things he said to Mickey that obviously rang through in the conference, he's like, you know, I'm interviewing now, but I've really been interviewing 12 of the past 16 years. I've right. been in New Orleans. So right. this is a guy who understands what they have, what the culture is, what the standard is. And I think that's, again, this is the reason why they chose him, right? Because you look at the roster they had, and I keep going back to this because everything I was told and heard from this – that was a key factor in it is somebody that can come in with this roster, keep the culture and somebody who had experience. Those are the two bucket list items that the saints had. Right. And so 
there's only a couple that fit that bill, right? Doug Peterson was one that, I mean, he had coaching experience. So did Brian Flores, but who knew the culture better than Dennis Allen? It would be Dennis Allen, right? And so that was a key decision-making process thing for them. And so, again, I, I just feel like he handled himself extremely well. I know he's extremely excited about this opportunity. And look, I am too, because, you know, you look back, Drew retires. That's one thing to be excited about and because you just don't know what to expect. Now Sean hangs it up or steps down. You know, I expect him to be <laughs> in TV soon, right? We, we both expect him to be in TV. And I tell you what, once he gets into TV, if I'm making $18 million a year, I don't think I'm coming back for a coaching job. It's 10, you know, and working no. tirelessly you- from five o'clock in the morning till seven, 10 o'clock at night and just sleeping on a cot. I just don't see that happening. You're going to have to pay the man 20 million. You're going to have to John Gruden him, right? Like you're going to have to John Gruden yeah. him to get, to get him out of there. <laughs> I don't see anybody doing it, but you never say never, John. You, you, you never say never. John J. Hendricks, follow him on t- Twitter at John J. Hendricks, senior lead writer, reporter, uh, for at the Saints News and for SI Now. Does a uh, Believe Saints podcast. Listen to it as much as I can, all, which is pretty much every time you all do a podcast. Uh, John, tell them everywhere. I know I just mentioned it, but everything that you're working on, everything they're doing, if I miss anything, tell them where they can find all your, all your work and everything. Yeah, definitely. Just check us out at saints.media is the best way to go, but si.com slash NFL slash saints. Check me out on Twitter at John J. Hendricks. It's Hendricks just like Jimmy, as I always throw out. And, uh, you know, again, some people catch that reference, but no relation to it. You know, again, I wish just because I, I, I don't know what I'd be doing if I was in that type of money. You know what I mean? So, uh, and then definitely believe in saints. I do a podcast with Terrence Copper, Played 10 years in the NFL. He is fantastic. And so we just released an episode today. Just uh, give it a download. Check it out. And if you got feedback for us, let us know. But Terrence brings some invaluable things that, to the table Absolutely. as a former wide receiver in the league, especially under Peyton, just some of the things that he says. And we do extremely well together. So I, I encourage you to go I, check it out. I agree with that. You all have a very good synergy. Shameless plugs. <laughs> hey, man, you got to do it, man. If I if I ask you a question, you got you to gotta plug it away, man. <laughs> hey, thank you so much, brother. You all have a good night. You all have a good weekend. Super Bowl week, I'm going to be wearing a Joe Burrow Bengals jersey. Uh, look, I'm a Saints fan, but I got to root for Joe, my brother. Oh, I got to root for Joe, too. <laughs> can't can't fathom the thought of the Rams hoisting a Super Bowl trophy. And here, look, here's the way, if you're a Saints fan, either way, you're hosting a Super Bowl team next year in the Superdome. Right. I hope it's not the Rams, because I think I'll puke. <laughs> <laughs> Me, too. Me, too. Hey, You've been fantastic as always. As Blaine Smith says, great guest. You and Memphis are his favorite. And thank you again, man. We'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. Have have a good one. You too. That's John J. Hendricks from SI Now. Uh, Great show, guys. Absolutely great show. Uh, Look, we're going to continue to keep going throughout the week. We'll be back on Saturday. We we went a little bit long, but but that's fine. Um, That's fine. It's a huge show tonight. Guys, give my guy, give my friend John Patton a call today. GMFS Mortgage, 225 614 It's 225 614 Tell him Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. All right, guys, we will see y'all again Saturday morning. Um, we're going to end it there. Y'all have a good night. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.